the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Praise be the most holy name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, now and forever and ever. Amen. Good Sunday morning, my dearly beloved brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. My dear friends, listeners to this beautiful show, supporters of the mission of hope and mercy, and all ye people of goodwill. This Sunday, in fact, I'd like to announce to you the inauguration of the Center for Blessings of our Mission of Hope and Mercy, which took place in Lebanon last night on the eve of the feast day of St. Charbel al-Makloust, the monk from Lebanon. A dream comes true. After seven years of making impact, the Mission of Hope and Mercy establishes finally its epicenter in the Middle East to be the place for new hope for Lebanon and the region. This is the birthplace for Christianity. This is a place from which the greatest revolution of love will begin until the peace of Christ covers all the peoples and all the nations of the earth. It is my great joy and such great blessing to have received in Lebanon recently on a special visit to come for this unique occasion, the inauguration of the Center for Blessings. Um, Dr. Susan Childress, our Vice President and uh, Head Steward, and also Mr. Norman Blake and Mr. Karen Blake, and many, many, many of our friends. Dr. Susan, I want to wish you a wonderful Sunday morning. Good morning to you. Well, first of all, it's um, today is the Feast of St. Charbel, and I know uh, you were raised Maronite since you were a child. So are you American or are you Lebanese? Or are you both? I'm a, American, but I, I recently also was able to um, reclaim, I guess, my Lebanese, um, my Lebanese citizenship. So uh, what does it mean for you now to be Lebanese again? Or to reclaim, to reclaim your Lebanese identity? It's always, it's always been a big part of my life. Growing up in Birmingham, um, Alabama, there were many um, Lebanese that immigrated there, and many Italian ones, and many, uh, many other other um, ancestral groups. And and so having the identity more being Lebanese um, is always been part of my mind. Um, always wanted to go back and visit um, or go visit 
wasn't able to do that really until 2010 when um, my siblings and I convened my parents to a visit to Lebanon for their 50th wedding anniversary. It was their first time to go as well because it was their parents that had immigrated and they had never had a chance to go back. My parents had never had a chance to visit. So, um, so just this, these last few years and being able to do, to do, um, this work for Lebanon through the mission of Hope and Mercy has been more meaningful to me. I feel like in some ways it's, it's connecting a circle with my um, grandparents coming to America for a better life and then me um, returning to Lebanon to try to, to help the people here and have a better life again. Well, if I may, if I may ask you, now we are establishing the Center for Blessings and uh, we have sent an impact report um, we have entered into the uh, nonprofit organizations of Colorado Gives, I believe. Um, um, and and uh, you actually work hard, and at least just three times you have tried to reclaim your Lebanese citizenship, right? Or two times or one time, then it waited for a year or a year. And how did how did this process happen? It took so long, get rid of it. Ten years. It took ten years to reclaim your Lebanese identity. You didn't give up. No, that's right. I kept asking and asking and asking. I think many people have a similar situation trying to become American citizens. But um, but yeah, it took some time um, for reasons that I'm not really sure. Well, was it you or dad, God rest his soul, who started the process? No, it was me. It was you. And then you wanted to give it to dad and to mom as well, to both of them. And unfortunately, during the COVID crisis, uh, but not related, most likely, but your father experienced some illness, and uh, um, yeah, and, and I think he became a citizen again. Well, right, he was registered. We were all registered as being Lebanese um, right before he died. So he did. It did actually happen before he died. But I'm worried. He really was aware. Well, how about we pray a little bit uh, together, you and me, with the Psalm 38 first to um, proclaim on this wonderful day for our Lord Jesus Christ. And to all the peoples of the earth, the beauty of God, the love of God, the mercy of God, the redemption of God. You know, thinking about the people who suffer, and I know, um, I, I know, I have accompanied you a little bit, knowing how much Dad had suffered in the hospital, um, especially during the, the final days, almost in his hospital. And my heart goes to all the people in the entire world who actually suffer yet without companionship, without. Nobody next to them or near them to give them comfort in somehow. And um, I wanted to present the psalm. Psalm 38 is a sinner in extreme danger prays earnestly to God. Not that when we die, we are sinners. Of course, all of us are sinners. But we do die by the grace of God. Many of us receive the sacrament. Many of us live on daily basis with the conscience of repentance, with the conscience that we um, we amend um, our ways and somehow we try to do what's best we try to do what is good what's pleasing in God's eyes um, but um, just to see how Jesus himself how Jesus himself um, has, uh, um, has has united himself to the condition of sin we will see in this beautiful psalm how the sinner earnestly called to God yet God was far away almost like God is not responding but you know who experienced that, right? Jesus on the cross. And Jesus asked that the chalice will be 
um, lifted away from him if it's possible. Yet he had submitted to God's divine will. So uh, Jesus resembles himself to the condition of sin. It's a song that makes us a little bit wonder about justice, possibly about uh, the true love of God and uh, about the promises of God in salvation. But then when we see, when we see how God comes to the rescue of sinners, when we see how Jesus Christ himself compassionated with sinners, that he became himself um, in his image of a human being, he identified with the sinners, he made himself sin, he who knew no sin. And it always strikes me to look at this image when Jesus was standing um, before Pilate, before Pontius, Pontius Pilate, and Pontius Pilate gave the people the choice to the choice to save Jesus. Yet the people cried, "Crucify him! Crucify him!" These were the people who he opened their eyes, um, from whom he casted out demons, um, before whom he fed a multitude of people, seven thousand, four thousand uh, people at, at one time each. He taught them the most beautiful teachings about love, about faith, about hope, about the kingdom of heaven. And uh, he raised their dead. He opened their eyes. He opened the eyes of the blinds. You know, he, he walked upon the sea. He calmed the storm. Um, and all of a sudden, these people look at Jesus and they treat him as the worst sinner that there is on the face of the earth. It's a beautiful song. We want to pray together and we shall continue. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Lord, in your anger, do not punish me. O Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger. Do not punish me, Lord, in your rage. Your arrows have sunk deep in me. Your hand has come down upon me. Through your anger, all my body is sick. Through my sin, there is no health in my limbs. My guilt towers higher than my head. It is a way too heavy to bear. My wounds are full and festering, the result of my own folly. I am bowed and brought to my knees. I go mourning all the day long. All my frame burns with fever. All my body is sick, spent and utterly crushed. I cry aloud in anguish of heart. O Lord, you know all my longing. My groans are not hidden from you. My heart throbs, my strength is spent. The very light has gone from my eyes. My friends avoid me like a leper. Those closest to me stand afar off. Those who plot against my life lay snares. Those who seek my ruin speak of harm, planning treachery all the day long. I confess my guilt to you, Lord. Do not abandon me, for you are my Savior. But I am like the deaf who cannot hear, like the dumb unable to speak. I am like a man who hears nothing, in whose mouth is no defense. I count on you, O Lord. It is you, Lord God, who will answer. I pray, do not let them mock me, those who triumph if my foot should slip, for I am on the point of falling. O Lord, do not forsake me, 
My God, do not stay afar off. Make haste and come to my help. O Lord, my God, my Savior, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. So, doctor, first of all, you're a doctor, and uh, you hear such a psalm. If somebody comes to you, it feels like somebody is coming to you with symptoms. It's like describing an illness of a person. Um, a person comes to you and tells you, like, uh, um, I'm afraid somebody is rebuking me. Um, I feel I'm being punished. I'm experiencing rage. But then goes a little bit deeper. Or oh, I experience arrows. I experience arrows that sunk deep in me. You know, and somebody's hand came down upon me and telling you, you know, I feel that my body is sick, for instance, telling you that there is no health in my limbs. Um, you know, telling you, for instance, that um, I feel a way too heavy to bear and my head is hurting. What would you tell for such to tell? What would you tell to such a person when they come descri describing their situation this way? Honestly. Well, I. I would try to understand what they meant by their words because I would, um, first of all, I would always say that this is a physical manifestation of disease and that this is their experience of it. Um, however, sometimes um, spiritual manifestations of disease can also can manifest in this way. So, uh, yeah, I, I think I would just try to understand where they're coming from. Oh, it's scary. With the attitude, I want to clarify, not, not, not to put, I don't mean to put you on a spot, but uh, the man says in the psalm, my wounds are full and festering, for instance. You know, the result of my own folly. Um, obviously, obviously, the human body suffers the experience of the heavy weight, whether caused by outside forces, psychological forces, persecution, um, hate factors, um, sometimes curses, I guess. There is, there is a spiritual root for the human pain and the human body, right? Is there medication for such a pain? How do you stop such a pain? Or what is the best way to address such a pain when people suffer like this? It's hard. I mean, once a physician is hard to address these situations in a, in a clinical setting because um, you're not, not typically supposed to address spiritual issues in a clinical setting. Um, what, I, what I try to do is listen to my patients. I think sometimes just listening, just being heard um, makes a big difference. I do, um, I do recommend prayer. I do recommend that people... Um, Find a church community to get involved in to, to, um, I do recommend those things to people because no matter what your, your health issues are, I think those things are, are helpful. You, you mean you recommend that people be in touch with their soul to be at peace at least, to find the, the, the right space, the right atmosphere, whatever that atmosphere is. That's important for good health. So you came to Lebanon, you see an entire society, you saw corruption, um, you feel that the people have been deprived. For instance, there is no hot water in many instances. There is no electricity. Um, even even sometimes, if you drink the the the, the water um, or or the vegetables um, in certain places, may not be as sterilized as we have in the United States. Definitely, there are adjustments 
and um, a world like Lebanon. And definitely these things manifest in the daily habits of the local people in Lebanon. What strikes you the most and the um, result and the um, goodwill of the Lebanese people that you yourself have met, that despite these conditions in which they live, how do you see them coping with life difficulties? Well, they cope with it with, with good humor for the most part, um, for what I see. Um, they um, a saying that I hear often is, this is Lebanon. Um, so it's sort of, a, you know, we accept it. We love our country and we accept these difficulties that we have to experience as part of that. Um, but, but I, I do see, I do see a lot of, um, a lot of good humor and, and peace and prayer and, um, and joy in people despite the difficulties that they have to endure with basic, some of the basic comforts of life that we're so accustomed to just take for granted in America. You saw the level of sacrifices they made, right? We just are inaugurating the Center for Blessings, for instance. Um, you see the self-giving that they that they do give with. How do you describe the volunteering spirit of the people uh, that we met? Well, they have full-time jobs, and yet they spend their their off time completely dedicated to to helping the mission of open mercy, help get ready for this event. Um, working into the the wee hours of the morning, um, working nonstop, and, and these are volunteers. These are people that aren't aren't getting paid for it, um, and and it, it's 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 a hope that you see. I mean, I really think that they that they um, they consider this their their home, the center that that we have here now is, is their home. Um, it's a place that that thing gives them optimism for the future, um, a recognition of the care that America has for the Lebanese, um, the possibilities. And I think that's so important. I, I really think in, in Lebanon, especially in the last few years, a lot of people have felt like there may not be possibilities. It's the financial crisis, the pandemic, the explosion in, in Beirut, um, the ongoing problems with the financial crisis, financial crisis, I mean, they, months and months and months of difficulties and and yet I think that that something like this gives people hope that um that there is a future that Lebanon will will turn around will and will um so 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 what is a center for blessings in this context is is the right move for the mission of hope and mercy after several years seven years of achievements impacts so uh, thing is it's a visible it's a visible um what what am I trying to say? It makes the mission of hope and mercy visible in Lebanon. We we've been visible before when we we've delivered our food to people, we've um, provided medical aid to people. Um, and Father Andre has been here. We've visited people. And he's you know met with the the um, bishops and and priests to find out what different needs were. Um, but this is visible. A, a visible, sorry, a visible. Um, and this physical building as well. Yes, at this that that's tangible that you can see, and so you know that it's real. And I think that's the the beauty of it. Can you describe what will go in the center for blessings, like um, in, in short and sweet? I know we we insist according to 
one of our largest contributors uh, who really believed in this uh, um, concept, creation, and achievements, and happening finally to call it the epicenter. Epicenter for what? The epicenter for um, trying to think of the words that means the epicenter for um, the Christians in the Middle East, um, the epicenter for for um, establishing freedom, religious freedom, really for all, but uh, specifically for making sure that Christianity in the Middle East um, survives and thrives and can provide the example and the encouragement to the community that has the centuries. So this epicenter um, basically provides the Christians with hope that Americans are committed. Christians in America are committed. People of goodwill in America are committed to the help of Lebanon, to the help of the Lebanese people, away from politics, of course, um, away from um, regardless of what the policies um, of the United States will be. Um, for Lebanon or for the region. So this is an opportunity for the American people to assist, to come to the aid um, of the Christians of Lebanon and of the people of goodwill in Lebanon. But I want to go back to that Psalm, Psalm 38. And the prayer, it says, do not abandon us, Lord our God. Do not abandon us. How many people, honestly, in your recent visits, you felt that they felt abandoned by the United States of America? Uh, Did you have this feeling that you, that people... Um, convey to you this emotion that they feel a little bit um, either disappointed by American uh, policies or behavior towards Lebanon. We're talking about the official United States um, as a state, as as a government. Right. Oh, for sure. We have we've heard that from several people um, about about that issue. And actually, when my parents and I traveled in here in 2010, I can remember some of my relatives also commenting on that. So really, for some time, I think that people have felt, people here have felt some abandonment by the United States with our policies. Can this epicenter change or modify or reflect a different image about the people of the United States um, to the people of Lebanon? That's our hope, for sure. That's our hope. Um, you know, in 2015, the mission of Hope and Mercy, when, when it was founded, um, was it driven by the profound words of Pope John Paul II, who said in 1997, um, Lebanon is more than a country. It is a powerful message of freedom and a shining example of pluralism, uniting East and West. How true is this in your experience so far in Lebanon? Do you see Lebanon has a powerful message to offer to America? Do you see that the concept of freedom is important in Lebanon? Uh, do you see it as a shining example really of pluralism even though it has 17 different religious groups um could you see it as um uh, a place that could unite the east and the west Absolutely. how if i may ask you well what gives lebanon um the, this uniqueness you know we speak about american exceptionalism um but before we 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 can include our show we do speak about american exceptionalism and i do believe it's the, the law and order if you ask me as an immigrant as a u.s citizen I said the, the, what makes, what makes the U.S. exceptional is the people respect the law. We abide by the law. We believe that the law, um, is good for us all. We try to abide by it most of our lives. We believe in good ethics, whether in our business. We are committed or not committed at all to churches, to religion, to God, or to the state. But people usually in the United States, um, offer biggest opportunities. You know, we, um, 
whether in human health, whether in democracy, whether in freedom, whether in uh, our global opportunities of commerce, trade, um, power, the space. You know, America is exceptional in, in one way or the other because we go beyond the humanity. We realize their dreams and then we go back to humanity. We give them technology, computers, social media, internet, um, electricity, um, uh, you know, uh, excellence in academia. There is some exceptionalism in the United States in this regard. We are, we are good students. We are an A-plus student in this, in this regard. Where is Lebanon? Um, uh, and somehow, where does Lebanon fit between the East and the West that United States does not have? What does Lebanon have as a unique element, whether in its faith or uh, in its traditions, in its hospitality, in the spirit of the people, in the joy that you described? What can Lebanon offer to the United States? It's a humongous country. What can Lebanon offer? Why are we here? I, I would love to hear your comment. Well, I'm not sure how to answer this question. I think that, um, you know, one thing that I appreciate when I come here um, always is the spirituality of the country. That it's uh, it's just a fabric of the society. It's completely accepted. It's completely natural. And it's it's just absolutely beautiful to see the brave and better the people here in this country. Um, and the joy and the... The talents, I mean, I, there's so many people that have, that are just extremely talented in really different ways. Um, the focus on family, family is very important to people in Lebanon. Um, you said that the spirituality, the talents, the joy, the focus and the family um, and, and the excellence, I guess. Thank you. This is really a well, well said answer as a matter of fact. Sorry, I have put you on the spot. But uh, I do believe that um, Americans have to come and see, I guess. This is why we have this epicenter for the mission of hope and mercy. And I think they will go back with definitely different feeling from when they came to Lebanon. Um, they would come with a baggage thinking that this is a land of wars, but they would leave and they would say, I want to return to a land of peace, to a land of joy, to a land of hospitality, to a land of great people. I want to thank you so much. And uh, congratulations on the inauguration of the Center for Blessings. And uh, my dear friends, you have a wonderful Sunday. And my Almighty God bless us all, protect us from all evil, and bring us all to the peace and joy in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And in His victory, may we conquer all evil, and may God bring us all to everlasting life. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.